Access God's word, hold it up real high. Repeat after me, say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come to the house of God to hear the word of God from your chosen man of God. And, Father, as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God that is necessary to minister to the people of your kingdom. And Lord, I thank you that as I have just emptied myself so that I can be filled with the knowledge of your will and be filled with the spirit of the living God, that the oracles of God today will be spoken so that those who are here, their lives will be changed for the better. And I thank you now that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So wonderful to be here in the land of the living versus the prophecy that we got. Let me add to that false prophecy that was given. And we're on our seventh lesson in our series entitled Dream to Destiny. Say from dream to destiny. And this series has been designed to help you and I discover the dream that God has put in your heart and the destiny that he has outlined for your life. And the real part of the teaching has been to help us identify the different tests that we need to pass in order for us to fulfill the destiny. And last week, my wife did an incredible job on the prison test. So if you weren't here, go to the podcast, if you would, and listen to that message because I believe it'll help you. And it just so happens that today, the test that I'll be covering is the prophetic test. So you can write that down. And I want you to find two verses of scripture, if you would, real quick. I want you to find Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4. And then I want you to find Genesis chapter 42, verses 6. That was Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. And then Genesis chapter 42, verses 6. And then just as note-taking, we're going to turn to it, but I also want you to find Psalm 105, 19. Those are going to be the three main verses that we use today. That was Psalm 105, 19. And uh, as you are in Jeremiah chapter 1, we've been looking at the life of Joseph. And one of the things that we discovered about Joseph is that he had to go through some tests in order for him to reach the destiny that God had outlined for his life. And one of the main tests that we're going to see today that he had to pass was the prophetic test. And I believe this is one of the tests that most seasoned Christians flunk. See, many Christians who are brand new Christians, they don't really know too much about 
the giftings of God and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They don't know too much about that. But as we get older in Christ, we get sophisticated and we become puffed up with knowledge. And knowledge is only as good as the source of knowledge you're getting, getting it from and the container that the knowledge is going in. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The knowledge that you grow from, the knowledge that you receive is only as good as the source of the knowledge that you're getting it from. Hopefully that's the word of God. But then also the container that the knowledge is getting put in. And in Jeremiah chapter 4, we're going to see here that God had a prophetic call. He had a prophetic direction. He had a prophetic desire for uh, Jeremiah. And God is no respect of persons. And in Jeremiah 1 verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, he says, I set you apart. I sanctified you. And I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. And then Jeremiah says, okay, God wants me to be a prophet. He says in verse 6, behold, I cannot speak. I am a child. How many do you know that you can do what God's called you to do? Whether you know it or not, you have the internal equipment that you need to fulfill God's purpose for your life. But I wanted you to see here that God had a dream. He had a desire. He had a prophetic call for Jeremiah's life, just like he has on you and I's life. And so there, we're going to discover through the lesson today that some of the ways that prophetic call comes forth is when God either speaks it directly to us or God reveals it to us through his word. And so I want you to find Genesis chapter 42 real quick. Genesis 42, because one of the elements as we look into uh, the prophetic test is timing. Everybody say timing. And in Genesis 41, what we don't realize about the life of Joseph, it almost looks like it just a couple of months went by from when he got the dream to when he actually fulfilled it, started fulfilling his destiny. But that's not true because just because it was only about four chapters in the Bible doesn't mean it was just four days in reality. And we'll see here that Joseph started at 17 years old. But I want you to see in verse uh, chapter 42. Are you in 42? Chapter 42, I'm going to read in verse 6, and then I'm going to read 6 through 9. It says here in 42, verse 6, And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that, that was sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came, and they bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Interesting, because now the part of Joseph's dream was coming to pass. Notice I said a part of it because see, God showed him the part that his, his family would bow down, but the part that Joseph missed, which was the most important part, is how many lives that he would impact. And so if you look in verse 7, and Joseph saw his brothers and he knew them, but, they, but he made himself strange unto them and he spoke roughly to them. Didn't sound like he had forgiven all the way. And he said unto them, where have you come from? And they said unto him, from the land of Cana to buy some food. So now, wait a minute. That gives us here a clue because the, that means that they, if they came to buy some food, the seven years of plenty has passed by. If the seven years of plenty has passed by, we can see that Joseph was around 30 years old at this time. In fact, if you write down Genesis 41 verse 46, it'll say that Joseph was 30 years old. So Joseph was 30 right before the famine hit 
or right before the good times hit. So he had to be around 37 to 40 years old before his dream actually came to pass. Verse 8 of verse 9. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed. If he remembered the dreams, that means he had to forget them. In other words, Joseph could have allowed the things that he went through to help to, 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 to kind of downplay the dreams that was in his life. But see, when God gives you a dream, he wants you to hold on to him. Because, see, I'm going to show you here that time is one of the things that you need in order to fulfill the dream. Because between the age of 17 and the age of 37, it took 23 years or so before that dream in Joseph's life had to come to pass. And you're trying to wait five years to get married. So here's the first point that I want you to write down in today's lesson. You have to learn to wait for your prophetic timing, your prophetic dream, or your prophetic destiny. I'm going to say that again. You must learn to wait for your prophetic timing, your prophetic dream, and your destiny. Go over to Psalm 105 quickly. And here's the gut of what I want to share this morning. Psalm 105 verse 19. You must learn to wait on your prophetic timing. And many people are not willing to wait. And you know what happens? They tend to, because there are three things you can do when you're waiting. You can either become ripe, you can either become rotten, or you can just wait until you ripen, okay? In Psalm 105, look in verse, I love this. This is, uh, this is uh, verse 19 I want to focus on. And it's talking about Joseph. Let's just read up a little bit so we can see. Verse 17. It's talking about Joseph. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Verse 18. Whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. So Joseph was in prison. Verse 19. Until the time that his word, I want you to circle that, came the word of the Lord tried him. I want you to circle the word. So if you notice here, it says until the time that Joseph's word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Now, that's very interesting because, see, the word time there, and I want you to write this down. It actually means due season. So I want you to write down Leviticus chapter 26, verse 4. You don't have to go there, but this is what it says. Then I will give you rain in due season and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield her fruit. In other words, I want you to see the word time there means due season and many people are not, they're not ready or they're not willing to wait their due season until their word comes. And it says here. It says, until his due season of his prophetic word came, what tried him? The word of the Lord tried him. So I want you to write this down. Due season determines whether I'm ripe, whether I'm rotten, or whether I'm ready. I want you to write that down. Due season, the right timing for you to do what God's called you to do is determined whether if you're ripe, if you're rotten, or even if you're not ready or not. See, some people are just not ready. I remember when I first started in ministry, I thought I was ready and I wasn't. 
You know, had I known that from the time God showed me that I would pastor when I was 27, that I wouldn't start doing it until the age of 40, I probably would have pursued something else. Because it's easier to get fulfillment from what you want to do right now than to put your patience and the brakes on to watch and see what God wants to do in your life later. Amen. And so here's, a, here's a, the key that I want, to see, want you to see in this verse. It says, until the time, until the due season, that his word came. Now, the word his word and the word the word are two different words. And I want you to write down the first one. His word, talking about Joseph's word that God gave him. Joseph's word, that word there is the word dabar, D-A-B-A-R. It is actually mentioned in the Old Testament 1,441 times. In other words, it's a common word that's used because that's why it's shown so much in the Old Testament. In other words, when he said, hey, uh, we're going to wait until your word comes, that word there is used 1,441 times, and I'm going to show you, and you can write this down, of what it means. That word, word, means message, promise, or purpose. So what God was saying here in Psalm 105:19, until the time that his message... Until the time that his purpose and until the time that his promise came, the word tried him. Now, this word, uh, debar, actually focuses in on what is verbally said. Just write down Joshua 14, verse 6. It says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said, Thou knowest the thing, which is the same word, his word, that the Lord said unto Moses. The thing, the word that God said to Moses. Psalm 103, verse 20, write it down. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, who hearken to the voice of his word. So the word here that is talking about Joseph had to come was not the written word. It was the verbal word. It was the prophetic word that God had given Joseph. And when you are waiting on a prophetic word that comes from God, you got to learn to put some patience on. Some first uh, Samuel 319 says, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. The word words there is the same word the bar. In other words, it is giving reference to the verbal or the spoken or the prophetic word. But then the next part of that verse says, until the time that his prophetic word came, the word of the Lord tried him. That's a different word. Now. There are four areas, and you can write this down, that I believe a person is tested when they are waiting on their prophetic dream or their prophetic word to come to, uh, come to pass. And here's the first one. Here's, a ti- here's, a, here's an area. How you handle a title. You know, some people can't handle titles. And so because they can't handle a title, God has them what I call in a holding pattern. Have you ever flown on a plane and for some reason they wouldn't let you land and they just end up just circling the Metroplex? Well, they call that a holding pattern. And the reason why you're in a holding pattern is because there's nowhere to land the plane. And there are many people who are in a holding pattern spiritually and in some cases naturally because they cannot handle even the title they're supposed to get when they get to their destination. Okay, let me just put it like this. 
Some of you all who may be called to ministry right now, you can't even be, you can't handle being called minister or minister so-and-so or minister. You know why? Because your head would get so big, you would look like a blow pop. Here's another area that that's tested when a person is waiting for their prophetic dream to come to pass. How you handle temptations. See, people think that you will pass temptations once you get a title. Not true. In fact, once you get a title, you are now prone to more temptations. And so if you cannot handle the temptations that you are dealing with right now without a title, let me just clue you in on something. You will not be able to handle the temptations when you get a title. Here's the, here's the, here's the question. Can you function in the title before you get it? Here's another. So, so people look at temptations and, and, and how you handle them. So here's the deal. If you can't keep your body under subjection right now and you're not in ministry, what makes you think you're going to get in ministry and become celibate? Boy, I got about five scatter claps right there. It's all good. It's all good. Here's another area, and this is a big one. I'm going to spend a little time on this one. And that is the timing of your prophetic dream. Everybody say couple, uh, about three years ago. Say three years ago. Three years ago, there was a couple that, that was in our church. And uh, the, the wife felt she had a prophetic call on her life. And uh, she, somebody said, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. He he don't know it, but he was right, though. No, no, but seriously, though. So she, somebody came, because, see, you will attract what you think you are. So somebody came, a pastor, not even from this city, not even from this state, came and prophesied to her and her husband and said that her husband's healing was going to come when they moved to this specific state. Now watch this. Now I'm their pastor. They didn't come and ask me a word about it. Now when they came to tell me that they were leaving, because see, here's where married couples mess up. Just because you agree on something doesn't mean you are agreeing to the right thing. I mean, Ananias and Sapphira, they agreed to do something, but it was still wrong. So you can agree to do something that even may be good or looks right. But listen, if it can be good and not be God. And it may have looked good for them, but it wasn't God. And because they didn't ask me for my input, I really couldn't give it to them. But I tried to give them some warning signs. You know, I asked, started asking questions like, do you have some money? I asked questions like, do you have a savings? I asked questions like, how you going to get to that state? I asked questions like, what are you going to do when you get down there? Do you have a job? Well, no, we've been interviewing, but do you have a job? They got down there, had to live in one of those temporary hotels for about three days until they ran out of money. They had to, listen, they were now having to live in their car. They had two kids. And wanted me to help him. I'm like, wait a minute. I was trying to help you before you left. 
Everybody say timing. And see, here's the thing with me. I, I mean, see, timing, if you, if you try to make it happen yourself, then you look at stuff like, what is this opportunity going to do for me? How can I get it done? See, it ain't even about when does God want me to do it? What does God want me? No, it's when can I do this and how can I get it done? Who can I connect with and, and, and who can help me make this happen? But see, the problem with that is that's all about you. And let me tell you something. Anytime you open the door, you close the bigger one. If you open the door, you have closed the bigger door that God opened for you. See, before I started pastoring, if I told you this person's name, you would know who they are. But it was a major, major person. He's on television. Big ministry. I got a call one day from his attorney and says, hey. I got an opportunity for you. I was like, what's going on? I said, just bring your resume with you. I said, what you want me to wear? He said, don't worry about it. Just come on down here. So I got down there, not realizing I was getting ready to do a teleconference interview with this big person. I'm like, man, I would at least put a towel on or something. I got there and we're talking and this guy really liked me. And as soon as we got done, he said, listen, I need you to buy a ticket for him and buy a ticket for his wife. I want to fly him down here to California because I want to meet with him. And the guy has said, he has said, oh, I already knew you wanted to see him because I liked him. I already bought his ticket. I'm like, well, where was I going? Y'all going to ask me if I wanted to come. Here's the deal. They were going to pay me in the mid six figures to do that. My we can see who wanted to do that, don't we? I didn't feel right about it. Prayed about it. It wasn't time for me to do that. Now, here's another area. Treasure. That just has to do with how you, what you do with your money. Because he, here's the thing. I, I find it just, you know, to me, Christians are hilarious you know, I, I'm thinking about doing a reality show. You know, doing it myself, though. But Christians, to me, are hilarious. Here it is. We want the dream that God has for us, but we don't trust him to put him first with our money. So do you really believe God's going to reveal your dream to a thief? I mean, if a thief came into your house, would you just show him where all your nice stuff is? Hey, this is where my diamond rings are. This is where my safe is. Here's the combination of my safe. You think God's going to open the windows of heaven to somebody who's a thief? No. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I don't know who he's talking to right now. But he might be talking to your mama right now. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I had to wake somebody up. I'm just playing. Then let me throw this at you. It says, until the time... That his verbal prophetic word came. The word of the Lord tried him. Now, that word there is a different word. It's the written word that it's talking about. So the written word of God is what tried Joseph until his prophetic word came. Now, here's what I don't like about this verse because I've had to go through it. And here's this. The word tried there, notice that in verse 19, it says, until the, the, the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The word tried means to smelt, to refine, or to be refined. And let me tell you what it means. It means to bring to a fine or pure state 
free from impurities, to purify from what is coarse, what is vulgar, what is debasing, to make elegant or cultured. It also means to bring to a finer state or form by purifying. In other words, while God is waiting on your prophetic word to come that he has over your life, you are going to have to be refined. And the only way the impurities come out of gold and silver is if it's heated up. And you want to know why you're going through some difficult times on your job? It ain't even about your job. It's about your call. Most people are not ready for ministry because they have not walked a consistent course of righteousness by being obedient to the written word first so that their character can be refined. Remember now, it says that the written word is what caused him, watch this now, to be refined. In other words, in fact, you can just write down this word. This is what that word, written word is. It's the word Imra. You can spell it E-M-R-A-H or I-M-R-A-H. And it actually references the written word. You can write down Psalm 119.11. It says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The word, thy word there is the written word. Psalm 119, 133 says, order my steps in your word. It's talking about the written word. And let me say this while we're on the subject. The written word should always dominate the verbal word. See, that's why some Christians are so scattered brain. Because somebody done prophesied to them something crazy. And they're trying to live the prophecy instead of judging it. See, all prophecies ought to be judged. First of all, it ought to be judged by this word right here. If it's not in here, keep it to yourself. Listen, there's nothing in here that says Jesus is coming back. Drink some kind of crazy drink like all those people years ago. Remember Jim Jones? Okay, well, listen, there's no way he could have got me to drink that because I would have said, where is that in the book? Now, I read communion, but I bring my own communion. Y'all can drink what y'all want to drink. Praise the Lord. The written word. Now watch this. This word written, uh, Imra, is only mentioned 37 times in the Bible. So one was written 1,100 times or 1,400 times. And then the other one was written only 37 times. What does that say? Because, see, this word right here ought to be the word by, every, by which everything else is judged. Now, Watch this. If I have not proven I can walk by what I can see here, what makes me think I'm going to be able to fulfill the word that I can't see that I feel God said to me? Okay, okay, I'm going to say it in different terms. Okay, let me say it this way. Simple acts of obedience to what we know helps produce momentum and faith for us to obey areas where strongholds exist. In other words, let me show you this. Let me show you this. If you can't obey something that you already know to do, let's just take tithe and you know to do that. If you can't obey that simple instruction, what you don't realize is that uh, not obeying that small bit of instruction that you know to do doesn't produce faith and momentum for you to be able to start doing something that will bring a stronghold down in your life. Okay, I'm going to put it in a different way. Proof that you believe the prophetic desire that God has for your life is by your daily obedience and adherence to the written word. In other words, how can you, because I'm telling you, there are some folks sitting right here. Oh, I'm called to ministry. I'm ready to do. You know what's interesting? Because here's point number two. 
You must wage warfare with the words that you get. That's what Paul told Timothy. But here's the problem. Who'd you get the word from? Because some, some people, they are waging war with a word that God didn't give them. Do you know I was originally ordained to be an evangelist? And at the time, I flowed in that, I, I, I don't, I, to me, that wasn't my calling. You can see that now. But, I mean, I would witness to everybody that I saw. And, and that's the problem with people who are called to ministry. I ask them, when was the last time you led somebody to Jesus Christ? Oh, you want to get up and teach and preach and prophesy, but you ain't led not a whack to Jesus. I mean, do, you would think that if you're called to ministry, you'd be leading people to Jesus Christ, right? You don't need a pulpit to do that. So, so what's the proof that you're called? It should be in your daily adherence and obedience to the word. Here's to the single people, and then I'm going to give you something practical. Proof as a single person that you believe the prophetic desire that God has for your life for future marriage is your obedience to God's written word to live a clean life now. I mean, how, how can you believe that God has called you to be married? The proof that you believe that is to hold yourself and keep your life clean now. So here's the last point. While we're waiting on this prophetic word to come, you can't stand around with your arms closed and folded up. That's not what Joseph did. You know what, what Joseph did? He continued to use his gifting. In other words, I'm going to give you another W. He worked while he waited for his prophetic word to come to pass. And there are so many people who are waiting on ministry, waiting on God, and they're doing nothing for God right here in their own church. So, so how do we reconcile this? Here's the question I have. What has God said to you, and who did you get it from? And the last thing is, does it match up with what God has already said for your life? Because let me tell you something. It said heaven and earth will pass away, but the written word, it won't pass away. I had people prophesy to me that I would marry this person, marry that person. I said, man, God must want me to be a Mormon then. Isn't that Mormons that, 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 yeah, that married more than one person? I said, man, that God must. No, they were wrong. So you got to get in this book right here for yourself. And that's why Pastor Evan gives you scripture so you can go back and read it for yourself. Because if you don't learn to read the word, some of y'all probably bought all your groceries and had your family sitting in one room waiting on Jesus to come back at 12 o'clock. You ready? I'm ready. What time you got? What time you got? What time you got? Maybe he come in Central Standard Time. <laughs> Call Granny. She on the West Coast. See if he came yet. Man, if you don't read this book for yourself, man, you'll be doing crazy stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's the question I have for you. Here's the question. What is God saying to you today?